Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. The title of my sermon today is called Come Home. Write it on the chat right now. Come home. Come home. Ven a la casa. I think you would say it like that, all right? Come home. Come home. Let me just pause. I don't know. It's not in my notes, actually. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to say this. I don't know if any of you have really struggled with the identity or the realization of having a home. I believe God wants to speak to you this morning. Even if you've been a Christian, even if, uh, even if you're not a Christian and you're kind of checking this thing out right now, uh, God wants to speak to you if you really struggle with uh, uh, the idea of having a home. Because you can be in a house, but you can still not have a home. You can feel like you, not, you don't have a home. And, and God really wants you to know that, that there is a home that he has for you. And his love and his, and his mercy and his forgiveness. And not only in that, but there is an inheritance in, in heaven waiting for you. God wants you to know that you have a home in him, in his arms, in his love, in his forgiveness, in his kingdom forever in eternity. And we don't have to die to just get home. We can be at home with Christ today if we receive him in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, and I don't know if I'm talking to someone right now, but I struggled with the realization of having a home almost my whole life. I think I shared before, before the age of, of 12, uh, even entering fifth grade, by the time I entered fifth grade, grade I was raised all over the San Gabriel Valley from, uh, from Baldwin Park. Come on, somebody, all right? From Baldwin Park to West Covina to Pomona to San Dimas. I struggled with putting my roots down because my parents were just in and out of my life and in and out of jail. And God has since restored their life. But I struggled with having a home. This morning, God wants you to know that you have a home in him in Jesus' name. Let's continue our, our study today in Luke chapter 15 through 11 through 32, talking about the prodigal sons, all right? Uh, uh, technically speaking, this, the prodigal is about one of the sons who squandered and waste, lived, lived in wasteful living. But the reality of the fact in this context is it's about two, son, two sons, that's four, all right? Two sons, not just one son. And uh, I believe there's about 14 verses, 11 through 25, 24, devoted to the prodigal son. But there was another son that was just as lost as the prodigal son, even, even though he was with the father and by his side, he was just as lost. And we're gonna be talking about that today, but let's not forget the context. Jesus continues this parable of the lost sons or the prodigal after the twin parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. And we got to remember who's in the audience. There's tax collectors, the sinful, all right? The people that nobody likes, no one wants to be around, so to speak. But Jesus is around them. And also in his audience, there are Pharisees, religious elite, uh, a religious establishment. And, 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 and they make this rude remark and they know they're being rude and they don't care. They make this rude remark about Jesus. He eats with sinners. And at this, Jesus does what he does best. He replies with a story. I don't know about you, but I love stories. I heard that AMC is opening back up. And man, I just, it's been a long time since I've been in the movies. All right. And uh, I, when I used to go to the movies, because I love stories, 
Man, I get the popcorn, I get the Slurpee, I get the red, the red, you know what I'm saying, red vines? Come on, put red vines on the chat right now. Red vines, that's where, red vines, that's where it's at. I've been dying for, to, to uh, watch a good story. Jesus is one of the best, if not the best, storyteller there ever was, maybe even will be. And I love what Jesus does. He gets these, his audience around him and he wants them to find their spot in his story. And he's talking straight to them. And I believe the word of God is prophetic and it still speak, it spoke then. That's, that's what, that's what, well, I went to school, all right? You learned this in school about in biblical studies, theology. God has spoken then and God is still speaking today through his word. It's prophetic. God has spoke to the audience that were around him. Jesus, the audience that were around the tax collectors and the Pharisees. And Jesus, through his very word, is still speaking to you and I today. Where are you in the story? Where are you in the story? I love that Jesus talks about two sons. And as we discover, both are really lost, yet only one realizes it. Let me say that again. Both sons are really lost, but only one recognizes it. And, and, and most of history really has spent time on just the prodigal, but it's important. Jesus opens up in the scripture in verse 11. He says, there was a man who had two sons. So we know explicitly, not implicitly, explicitly that this parable is about both sons. My first point this morning, as we end our time together, as our end our series together, all right, is watch this. Let me read it again because it's so powerful. He talks about this. It says, uh, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? That, that, that this young guy, he asked his father basically to die. He says, Father, give me my share of the estate. He said, see, well, here's my first point this morning. This lost son has a sight on, on, on the assets. He has a sight on the property, but he doesn't see that he has a home. He wants his father to liquidate and sell his assets so he can do whatever he wants to do. How many of you, if I was raised in a household with my grandmother, if I ever tell my, told my grandmother, uh, uh, you know what, grandma, uh, you know what, family, I'm out of here. I'm going to live in Las Vegas, do my thing, party it up. Uh, I need you to sell this so you can give me my share. You know what, my household, they say, homie, go do what you want to do, but you ain't getting anything from me and don't let the door hit you on the way out. How many, how many is the same for you, right? You're kidding me? But look at the father in the story. He's compassionate. He's kind. He's understanding. He's loving. Father, give me my share of the estate. What the son does not realize because he's truly lost. He doesn't understand that he has a home. And so much of the time, we struggle with people who struggle with not having a home. A home is filled with laughter. A home is filled with love. A home is filled with identity. A home is filled with joy. But somehow this, this young kid's eyes, eyes, his sights are on wild living. Or I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Notice the father isn't controlling in this story. And the father actually does what he asks, what the son asks of him and he gives him a portion which is one third of an inheritance. And I want to let you know today 
that, that we, as Christians, we do have an inheritance. His name is Jesus. Our inheritance is God and his kingdom is heaven. It is, it is heaven. I love what I believe uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse 18. Do you remember what Paul the apostle says to the writing the church, to the church of Ephesians or Ephesus, excuse me. And chapter one, verse 18, it says, I pray, watch this. I pray that the eyes of your hearts, oh, your eye, look at this, the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened. Watch this. To, so that you know the hope to which you've been called, the glorious inheritance in the saints and to his incomparably great power, his incompar- incomparably great power for us. Watch this. Who believe? Watch this. You and I as believers have an inheritance that is so far greater than anything this world could ever provide. All heaven and earth will pass away one day. But watch this. Our inheritance is eternity with Christ. Our portion is Christ. And I don't know about you, but I, it gets me emotional. I get passionate because I love Jesus and he is my portion. And there's nothing in this world that I will ever come pl- close to my portion in Jesus, not my house, not my car, not my clothes, nothing, 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 nothing materially will ever come close to what I have in Jesus. I have forgiveness, I have redemption, I, I'm reborn, I'm, I'm renewed, I have a new identity in Jesus and I have a home in Christ. I have a home in heaven, not when I die, but right here, right now as I speak. My portion is Jesus. Someone write that on the chat right now. My portion is Jesus. I don't know if you're, you're weak right now. Your portion is Jesus. I don't know if, if, if you're poor. Your portion is Jesus. I don't know if you're struggling mentally. Your portion is Jesus. That's what kept me and my wife afloat in this pandemic. My portion is Christ. No matter what the world does, no matter what the world, what's going on in the world, I'm never going to be shaken because my faith is founded on the rock of Jesus Christ and he's my portion. But watch this, the son don't see his, his, his true inheritance. He doesn't see his, his, his true home, his true identity. That he has a home, his sights are on his father selling the property so he can do whatever he wants to do. And with that, I want to say this. His sights were on the property. Watch this. His sights were on the property. His sights were on the, uh, on the place. One of my greatest prayers for the calling church is that the community would know that they have a home at the calling. I often wonder what the community sees when they see us outside, when they hear our music. Do they just see a place, just a property? It doesn't even belong to us. All right. But do they know that they can have a home? Do they know that they can belong? Do they know that even though they, their life might be a mess and they may not be perfect and they may be like this lost person or lost in life and may not know the Bible, may not have a religious, uh, a religion, a relationship with Christ or, or any religious experience at all? Do they know that they have a home at the calling? Well, guess what? That's up to you and I to make them feel welcome. Amen and amen. Watch last week. I talked about making them feel welcome. My second point is this. So watch this. So the son has the, asked the father 
to sell his assets and liquidate and he receives a portion, technically speaking, one third of an inheritance and he goes and lives wildly. He goes and does his thing. He goes and parties and he lives life up and and he's having a good time until everything is gone, until everything is lost, until a famine hits. Watch this. Sometimes you have to deal with loss to wake up from being lost. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you have to deal with loss in your life to wake up from being lost. I don't know about you, but in my life, I have dealt with some loss in my life. I've dealt, <laughs> I've dealt with losing relationships that God didn't even want for me to have anyway. I lost my father. I've lost uh, 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 people that I love in my life. And watch this, God will use difficult and rough circumstances. Notice the father's not controlling in this story. And I believe it's, I believe free will is something that is, is a blessing and a gift for every human being. And watch this, the father doesn't control him. And I believe God, the father also gives you the freedom and the choices to make the choices that you wanna make, even though they may not be good. And you've been there and you've done that in your life, or maybe you're still doing that. God will say, you want that? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, go and see. And watch this, he has to lose it all, including his dignity and his identity to realize who he, uh, to realize what he had. He had a home, he had a father, he had a family. Watch this, it wasn't until the son lost his robes, lost his ring, lost his sandals, uh, lost his dignity and lost his identity before he realized what he was really missing in his life and realize uh, what he really had in his life. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you today, some of you lost your dog. Some of you lost your wife. Some of you lost your money in the bank account. Some of you lost uh, just your mind until you realize, you know what? There's, uh, there is a God in heaven. And, and, and sometimes God will let you get to that place, maybe rock bottom before you realize, you know what? I had something in my life. I don't know about you. But uh, as I came to Christ, I had so many gaps in my life. I mean, man, I really believe one of my strong suits in ministry is really ministering to the broken and the hurting, not, not the religious and, and, and all of that, okay? I'm here to do some work for Jesus. And if you wanna be a part of my church, you better get ready to do some work and some ministry to help the hurting and to help the broken, not to sit up in the front row or to act like you, you're too good and you're, you're, you're in a bag of hot Cheetos. No, we're here to do some work. Come on, write that on the chat. We're here to do some ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're here to serve him, uh, uh, not because we have to, but because we want to. And I don't know about you in, in your life, but I just have so much, many gaps in my life, brokenness, hurt. And I felt, I kept, that's what lost people do is we stuff it. We stuff it with things that we think are gonna be the solution. You know, we stuff it with a relationship, a, a girl or a, or a boy masking the hurt. We stuff it with drugs. We stuff it with, with money. We stuff, we stuff it with possessions. We stuff it, we stuff it with social media. When there's, and and we, some of you right now, you've, you, you've tried it. 
And you realize, and some of you are trying it right now. Maybe you're watching. That's my prayer that you're watching right now and you're giving God a shot and you're realizing that, that nothing that you're, everything you're trying to stuff this hole in your heart with is not working. Nothing is filling the gaps. Let me tell you, Jesus is the only one who's going to fill the void and your life, and he's going to make sense out of the mess. And even if you lost everything, your dog, your job, your bank account, your career, watch this, God will still be there for you at the end of the day because it's who you are. It's who you belong to. You belong to God. Come on, somebody. God loves you so much. One thing I love about the son after he comes to his senses, he figures, he, he, he figures, you know what? He, he kind of reasons. He gets smart, actually. You know, for a guy who made some stupid decisions, he made a really smart, uh, uh, had some really smart reasoning here, all right? Because what he did with his wealth was just uh, disgraceful, honestly, to his family. It was dishonoring to his father. It was disrespectful to his father. And if we think about this now, if a, if a child told his parent this now, all right, this is, that would be utterly unwise and disrespectful. But think about Jewish antiquity. This is actually utterly shame, utter shame, okay? Utter shame. Forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah, but for, for, because he made some really unwise, dumb decisions, he comes to a realization that's really smart. He says, you know what? If, the, if my, my father's house, they're servants. And man, they're eating way better than the way I'm eating right now. Man, even if I go home and just am a hired hand in my own father's home or his property, all right, I'll be well better off there, all right? So watch this. He goes to back and he rehearses what he's going to say to the father, all right? But watch this. I love this. He says, but while, verse 20, so he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, I want you to know this right now. What the Bible is saying, he wasn't close. He was on his way, but he wasn't nearby. Watch, and, and don't miss this. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and his father was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to him and kissed him and threw his arms around him and gave him some more kisses. This right here, if you don't get anything from today or even this series, watch it. This is a portrait. This is an illustration that Jesus is giving of what his father is like. And it's so important that we get this because we see the character of God in this. We see that Jesus is standing next to the tax collectors and he's doing this. This is what God does with lost people. He doesn't want to shun them. He doesn't want to uh, badger them. We talked about that last week, that God does not delight in the death of the wicked. He wants to see people repent. And this son, he watched this, he rebelled. Uh, he ran, but watch this, he repented. Let me say that again. He ran, uh, he rebelled, he ran, and he repented. He repented, literally repented. You know, in the Greek, you know what word, the word repent means? It means literally to change your direction. The, the son changed his direction. And he went back home. But watch as we see an illustration of the father. He goes after the son because he's filled with compassion and love. And this is what God does. My, my third point today is watch this. God will meet you where you're at, wherever you're at. God will meet you wherever you are. 
Wherever you are today, even if you're a Christian, even if you're not saved, this is in context right now, this is to a lost person. And if you're lost and you're, you're wanting to find Jesus in my church and you're watching, watch this, God will meet you wherever you're at. But you might say, God, I'm not good enough. There's a lot of people in my church that I minister to who are like that. God, I'm not good enough. God, I'm unworthy. That's what the son says. <laughs> you know what baffles me? Is watch this, we don't, we don't think about this. But when the son, lost son comes back to his father, think about this. He was just with the pigs. He was just with the pigs and the fields. With the, so guess what? He's muddy. He's filthy. He smells. He smells like a pig. He's unbathed. But look at the father. He's not addressing any of that. He's not saying, son, you, you look like a mess. He's not saying, son, he, watch, he doesn't like, <laughs> he throws his arms around. He's not like, you know, I'm going to get dirty if I hug you. He's not addressing any of that. A lot of times, I don't know about you or what, or, or, or what it was or what it was like when Jesus found you or when he ran to you, but I know about me. Man, I'm, I'm going to be straight up real with you. I was, I was a mess. I didn't smell good problems and issues and brokenness and hurt and pain. And I know I I would sit at the back of the church like, God, I'm not good enough. But God met me where I was. God will run to you wherever you're at. If you just make a decision today or wherever, if you're struggling Christian, God will meet you where you're at. Stop telling God how dirty and filthy you are. Don't you know the father knows what you're struggling with? Newsflash, he sees everything. But he's not intimidated by sin. He's not intimidated by struggle. God wants to renew you. And more importantly, watch this. He wants to restore you, right? Restore. He wants to restore you. He wants to restore your identity. You got to watch last week. We talked about whose you are. It's about who you are. You belong to God. You're a child of the king. So watch this. He restores him. Stop. Let me just stop to right here before I keep going on. Stop telling God how much of a mess you are. I don't know about you, but in my prayer times, I know it's the Lord because this is how the Holy Spirit works and he speaks. You know, you want to tell God how bad you are. You want to tell God how much of a mess you are. And like this son, you you know, you're muddy and and you don't look good and, you know, don't touch me, God, because I'm going to make you filthy if you touch me. But the father's heart is that he wants to love you. And he's not ashamed. He's not ashamed to hold you. He's not ashamed to love you. Even if no one else will love you, even if people have rejected you, he will love you. Let God, watch this, allow God to love you. You may not love yourself. You might be struggling to love yourself, but watch this, give God permission to hold you and to love you. And watch this. This is how your life is going to transform. It's not you cleaning up the mess. It's not you changing the clothes. Look what the father's doing. He's saying, I can't do that whistle. Uh, He's saying, I can't whistle that well right now. But he's saying, get him a robe. Get him a royal robe. Restore his identity. Get him a signet ring. A signet ring is a sign of authority. Get him sandals for his feet because they're muddy and sore. He wants to restore you. 
And I want to transition to this in this point because the Bible transitions from verse 25 on. Watch this. And now, and now, and now in the story, in the parable, Jesus kind of starts fixing the attention on the other son, which is the older son. How many of you, right? How many of you are older siblings? How many of you are the oldest sibling? My wife and I are the oldest, eldest siblings in our family. And we've been taught, I've been taught, hey, you look after your sisters. Hey, you watch over them. You protect them. You guard them. Uh, uh, you, you watch over them, all right? But, but look at the conduct. Look at the, the language. Look at the, the behavior of the older son. Watch in verse 25. I can see it like a movie. Just think about this. Watch verse 25. Meanwhile, this all happening with the son and the father. But watch this. Meanwhile, right? Meanwhile in the chat right now. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. I don't know why, but in my mind, I see him in the field with a pickaxe. I don't know why. That's just the garden tool in my mind. A pickaxe. All right. And he's, he's picking away. <laughs> he's picking away. Maybe he's doing some, uh, some cultivating. That's what I see in my mind. He's, meanwhile, you just see, boom. All right. He's pickaxing the ground. All right. Cultivating. And all of a sudden, you know, he's, let me illustrate this for you. He's, he's, he's working. He's sweating. He's toiling. He's working the ground. And all of a sudden, you could just stops. Like, what's... Do I hear music? There's never music going on at this time of day. Is that, is that dancing? We never dance at this time of day. When's the last time we even had a party around here? And he says, verse 26, he called one of the servants, asked him, what's going on over there? Your, and they replied, your brothers come home. I want you to see this picture. Watch this. I want you to see this. He's working, he's working the ground and he hears about his brother coming home, his younger brother. But watch this, he doesn't even go into the house. He doesn't even go in the house to see him. What happens is the father is trying to plead with him to come in. He's trying to plead with him to see his brother. But the, because he won't come in, watch this, the father has to go out to the son. And he has to plead with him, come in and look at his response. It's quite interesting. All right. Verse 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Verse 29, but he answered, father, look, all these years I've been slaving. What do you mean slaving? You're not a slave. You're not my, you're not one of the servants. You're my son. For you have never, for, uh, for you've never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat. What is happening right now is Jesus is going from talking, really addressing the tax collectors and he's pivoting. And now he's talking to one of the other problems, which is the Pharisees and the religious establishment, the religious leaders who are so self-righteous, who are, who are these people in the text? Who are these people today? Who can these people be? It could probably be church people, people who've been saved for a long time. And this is my, third, this is my next point. All right, I have a lot of points. But watch this. When Christians are apathetic instead of empathetic for the lost, watch this, they're still, they are just as lost. Let me say it again. When Christians are apathetic, Instead of empathetic, they're just as lost. There's some big issues with the older son here. Why does he not see? Why does he not see? 
the significant transformation that has just happened. Why can he not celebrate? He's, un- he's cold-hearted, he's unloving, he's unkind, he's bitter, and he's jealous. What's going on with his heart? Somewhere along the line, I think there's a disconnect with, uh, between him and his father. And you see the character of the father in this text. He's loving, he's caring, he's generous, he's understanding. You almost wonder where the two sons went astray. And uh, uh, why is the son acting that way? I believe he's lost sight. I believe that he, he, just like the youngest son, he has a home, but he doesn't realize what he has. To me, this can translate today in, in context for us. If, if we're Christians and if we've lost sight, if we become like this older brother losing sight for those who are coming home, believe me, there are churches like that. Believe me, there are Christians like that who are not excited. Oh, look, they got saved. Oh, I know what they did. I know what, how they lived their life. I know who they were womanizing with. I know what drugs they did. All right, what, what is going on here? We cannot lose sight because watch this. We were once lost too, but we're so, uh, we, we can't uh, reduce ourselves down to having the spirit. All right, we must be uh, empathetic and never apathetic. I already shared in a few messages ago, we are not gonna complain about the darkness as a church. We're not gonna say, oh my God, I watched the news today. Look how bad the world, newsflash, we already know that. We're here not to complain about darkness. We're here to be the light of Jesus Christ. We're not here to complain about people being lost. We're here to be the solution. We're here to serve. We're here to be uh, 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 reinforcements for Jesus, ambassadors. Of Christ. And watch this. I think something happened with the older son. Watch this. Don't get your identity confused. If you get lost in what you do rather than who you are, you're going to be embittered. You're going to be jealous. You're, gonna, you're not going to be passionate anymore. And watch this. Like the son, you're going to be entitled. Entitled. You know, when it comes to ministry, and I believe this context is for pastors, for Christians who are in the ministry. I believe it's for, it's for lay leaders, for people who serve. But watch this. We can never, as Christians, as we're serving God, as we're, uh, uh, we can never make this about what we do more than who we are. I've been in ministry for a little while, and sometimes churches can make this about the what's, about the what, right? What's, about the what's. It's not necessarily about the what's. It's about the why and it's about uh, who we serve and it's about who we are. I've been in ministry and sometimes you are constantly doing the, the what. You're like the older brother and you're serving and you're serving. You're like the Pharisees, you're ministering and you're ministering, but you lost sight of why you do it and who you do it for. I believe sometimes we need to put this stuff down for a minute and have some community and realize what it's all about at the end of the day. We're here to help people. Find Jesus. We're here to help people find a home in this family. And watch this. This family's a mess. It's distorted. But look at the father. He wants to restore his sons. He's compassionate. And I believe God is doing that today. I want to go back to Ephesians 1.18. It says this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That you may know the hope to which you ha- he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance 
and his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I want to let you know, and I pray that God will open the eyes of your heart to realize. By the way, watch this. I know I was talking about serving. Can I ask you a question right now? Are you serving? I don't mean this to be mean or, or, or get in your face, but I remember a while ago in my church, someone, I, I, I don't know how we talked about this, but we started talking about serving. And one person said, you know, I serve God at my job. I kind of like, no, you don't. All right. You may represent God at your job, but you're at your job because you're hired to, to work at your job. You get a wage because you need, you get paid to do your job, not serve there. All right. What I mean by serving is, what are you doing to build up the body of Christ? What are you doing to build up the church? God wants you to, has given you gifts. God has given you charisma. God has given you talents and treasures to build up his body and his gifts. Let me tell you, uh, it, it, right now more than ever, uh, we need people to serve. Are you serving? You can serve from home. You can serve at outdoor service. Are you serving? But watch this. You know what makes it fun is the mission. We're here to help people find Jesus. Find, help people find hope. Are you serving? And no, don't say I'm serving at my job. You may represent, you're, you're doing your best to, repre- to, to build up that company, all right, to, to, to work hard and you get a wage. You're not, you're not serving God there, all right? Well, that's convenient for you. You're getting a wage there. You know what I'm saying? How about, how about go do that and volunteer at a church? Come on, somebody, where your, your gifts will be held up for you in heaven. Come on, someone. It's one of the greatest things that you could ever do in this world is serve Jesus Christ, but realize why you do it. It's not just about the what, it's about the why. Uh, uh, and I'll close in this, saying this. I, uh, over the last 16, almost 17 months of my life, my life has dramatically changed in a, in a great way for the, for, the, for the greater, for the better. In the last 16, 17 months, I became a father. And uh, reading this, I'm not going to lie to you, I cried a few times because I kept thinking about my daughter. I'm a parent now. I'm a dad. And I just thought, man, if I was this father, there's nothing I would do if my daughter was lost. There's nothing, you know what I'm talking about if you're a parent. There's, I mean, just the love of a parent is so much different. <laughs> I mean, your life is changed for the better. You see life differently when you're a parent. I mean, this child got your DNA. This child represents you. Uh, uh, you. You know what it took to bring them into the world. You want them to be feel. You want them to feel loved. You don't want them to feel any pain. You want them to know who they are. I just kept thinking about my daughter. Man, there's no stone that will go unturned for my daughter. Man, you need to pray for my daughter. I'm gonna put an ankle bracelet on her. I'm gonna tap her phone. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing I'm not gonna do. All right. But I can imagine myself in the father's shoes right here. And you know, this is about God, God the father. This is about God. He wants his kids to come home. God wants, there's, there's names in heaven that he's waiting for them to come home. There's seats at the banquet, at the marriage supper of the lamb, like we talked about a few weeks ago, that are not filled yet, that he wants them to come home. There's people in Pasadena and Eagle Rock and Monrovia and Alhambra and the San Gabriel Valley that have a place in heaven that are not home yet. But church, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to complain? 
Are we going to serve with joy and be excited about the mission that we get to be involved in? Let me tell you something. What we do now will last for eternity. And all about you, but I want to be found serving the Lord Jesus Christ, giving him everything I got. That's why I do what I do. Because there's people who are called right now. There's people who God is calling home. They're not home. They're lost. I'm going to be honest with you, straight up real, homie. <laughs> 2020 has been hard to serve, honestly. It's been hard. But I signed up for hard. I didn't sign up for easy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not your typical millennial that's going to quit under pressure. I'm going to let the pressure refine me. You know what has always been in my, my wife's mind and my heart, even in a hard season, when church looks different? Political unrest, social unrest, You know what drives me? What drives me is knowing that God has called me to help bring people home. Help bring people home. At the end of my time, I want to look back in heaven and see all the difference that I made. Not because I had to, but because I want to. Because I know that God has touched my life. Come on, somebody. God wants to see people come home. To him in Jesus' name. There's maybe right now you actually have you have children and they're not home. They're actually they've run off. I'm speaking to a few people maybe right now that that may know in my church. I've been praying for a brother whose whose son is not home. We're praying for you, and we pray that God would restore them. That, That even though they rebelled, that even though they're on the run that they will repent and they will change their direction and come home. Let me ask you a question today. Which, which son are you? Which, which one are you? Are you the one that's disrespectful but yet realizes, you know what, I'm lost and I'm coming home? Or are you the one who's been saved for a decade or two or three or four and you're serving the Lord and you're burnt out and you're just resenting it and you've lost the vision and you lost the why? Which one are you? Are you apathetic instead of empathetic? God wants you to come home today. The, the, the older son was always home. He was always by his father's side, but he, never, he was never home. Come on. He was home, but he was never home. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.